Life Audio. Hey guys, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and we're going to be right with you just after these messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. It is Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. And I hope you guys are having a great Monday. For a lot of you around the U.S., it is Labor Day today. And uh, so while uh, most of the tribe is is off enjoying a little bit of a Monday break, uh, Christina Reynolds and I are going to actually hold down the fort on Girl Club this week. And uh, we're going to be your real girls having a real talk about real issues while trying to apply real faith. And as always, thanks for spending your Monday with us. Hey, Christina, it's good to see you. Hello. Thanks for joining. How are you? I'm here. Yay. I have coffee in our Yay. cute mugs. <laughs> Yay. Well, you're in studio. Okay. I, I should have put my juice in a cute mug. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And speaking of cute mugs, by the way, for any of you who want to get your own Girl Club's mug, any of you who want to get your Breakthrough Assassin mug, which is new to the lineup, then uh, you can find all the information you need. Um, there it is. Mug now available. Link in description. Uh, by the way, there's some other info and things you can get through that are all sort of linked in in description. So um, you can get a free copy of my Identity Affirmations, um, which is a really cool sort of study and teaching on who you are in Christ. You know, a lot of times we walk around questioning our identity, not because there's not a place we can find it, but because we maybe haven't opened the word enough to actually know, hey, I know who I am because I know what's written about me. So I've kind of made it really simple for you, put it all together. Um, link in description, get your copy now. It's free of my identity affirmations. And it's actually taken from a chapter in my first book, Prodigal Daughter, A Journey Home to Identity. And um, we've been talking a lot about identity. And that's really been the last few weeks of conversation because it, Christina, I guess while we just sort of jump in today, it, it we were saying before we started filming, it's almost like every single thing links back to identity. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, if you don't know who you are, you'll end up believing a lot of lies. So it's like, if you don't know who you are, you end up living far beneath where you should be living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we even talked um, last week about how, how it can even be um, negative towards the people around you when you're not walking in your actual identity. So it's not just something that you experience personally, but it has this like ripple effect into your you know, your relationships, your coworkers, your community, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it is interesting because I want to kind of pick up on the conversation with a comment that came in from P new. And this is a kind of a, I think it's a really relevant comment for a lot of us. It's a very powerful comment because I think a lot of us actually wonder sometimes what the protracted seasons of our life are really about. And I think, you know, we've, we've been talking about how when you're in a waiting season 
or you're in a season where you're not producing fruit, or you feel like you're having this barren moment in the wilderness, right? That's where the enemy can really come in and, and wreak havoc on your identity, you know, because mm -hmm. it's, you're in a place of fear or doubt or insecurity. And so it's easy to start believing a lot of the things that are thrown into your mind. And a lot of those things are not from God. They're from, uh, you know, they're from Satan. So P. New wrote in last week. And so I really wanted to kind of pick up with you this week on it, Christina. Um, I sometimes just wonder what cycles God works on. Some trees bear every year. Some bear fruit every seven years, et cetera. But in some areas, it's decades and still bare bones. Help! Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> I feel it's the desperation. True. Right. So this, this, this girl club is for those of you who feel like it's been decades and it's still bare bones. But you know something? She makes a really good point. Like some trees bear fruit every year. Some trees are supposed to bear like, you know, every other year. Some some things bear every seven years. What is the whole deal with what what do you think's going on? Why 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 could it be bare bones after decades? I mean, I guess we can always just look at David or David's life. I mean, he went through many, many years after he was anointed king of what seemed like life got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until he was finally, you know, actually became king. So I, or we could look at, you know, Joseph's life. Oh, I'm always like, well, once I think about Joseph's life and how he was in prison, well, at first he was sold to slavery. Then he was in prison for like how many years before he was put in place to actually save his entire nation, more than his nation, but the reigning nation of the entire world. Like, I think that sometimes, or what I'm, what I'm observing is that the longer the dormancy, the longer the seemingly fruitless season, it almost seems like then the yield is huge when it finally comes. Yeah. Then it, when it pops off, it's not like, okay, we got a few apples here and there. It's like in Joseph's case, it was to the point that he fed the earth because of a seven-year famine. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. It has to make you like really think like, uh, well then if I can't see anything on the surface of what's going on, that means you're doing such a deep work in me. That really sucks. Like I'm sure like there were days, you know, yeah. in prison and I, this is not like a 21st century, like prison in America. It's <sighs> like these barbaric ancient times. And it's like, where is God? You know what I mean? So I, it's hard. I don't know. I don't know. And I also know that God doesn't, yes, there are seasons for things. And like, we have this, we have this general um, foundation of like systems that God has put in place to, to run yeah. the world. And we actually follow in these principles, but the way he leads each person individually, you can't look at someone and go, well, they went for seven. So that means I'm going to go for seven. He is so individualized with each sure. and every one of our journeys. So yeah, I don't know. That's a, it's a good conversation uh, question. It is, it is a good question. I, I don't know that there is a real answer outside of what the Lord might give you, Pinu. I mean, you know, I think whatever he's doing in your life, you know, and whatever he's doing in all of our lives, I think, Christina, you're spot on. It's so specific. You know, he's so, look, we're his kids. He's God the Father. Now, I mean, I don't, I've got my son that I birthed, right? And I have adopted kids in my life that I love, I adore. I've, I've just adopted them into my heart. You know what I mean? They're family. But it's like, they're all different. You know, I don't treat them all the same way. They're different, you know? And my mom, I'm the oldest of six kids. And my mother always said to me, look, I didn't raise all six of you the same because each of you have different personalities. So she dealt with each of us where we were with the personality that we have. And she still does to this day and we're grown. So I think, you know, look, how much more individualized is our father in heaven with us? Mm -hmm. Very. So some kids take a lot of pruning. Some kids take less. And I think all people take more pruning on certain issues than they do on other issues. You know, there are certain things in my life that I'm sure God is probably like, she's got that. That's easy. 
But there are other things where I'm sure he's like, yeah, okay, she hadn't figured that one out and she's holding on to it and it ain't easy, but I'm going to wrestle this out of her. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I just think it's, um, we're in constant flux and growth, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I mean, things. right. And like, you have to also like, so I'm just curious, Pinu, like, are you not seeing fruit in, in like your greatest desires? Cause I'm sure like you're, you're blooming in other areas that maybe you just don't value as much, you know, that you wouldn't, that, that your, your dreams and your passions aren't like hinging on. Cause I would say that in times of death of which or dormancy or whatever we're talking about right now, it's like, I know that I'm still a blessing to those around me in certain aspects but yeah. me as a songwriter, as an artist, as a, a creative person, I'm like, is this just meant for you, God? Like, you know, that that's where I think the real pain and disappointment can come through when it's like when it when it comes down to like what God specifically made you for. And then there's other things that we just overflow in other areas. But like when it comes down to that one thing, I think that's where a lot of the pain can come. Yeah. You know, you can feel it more. So when, you know, I have a question for you, Christina, because you're raising young kids. Mm-hmm. When you, like, how are you trying to sew identity into them? Yeah. Is there like so an active? Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because my kids are completely different. Like we say all the time, my son, Joshua, he's mm-hmm. like a Christina version of CJ. Meaning he's like CJ, but it has like these little things about me that just like, right. it's like you're like CJ, but then you have these things about you that make you like her, like me. And Nikki is like me, like an, exactly like me. But then she has yes. these little things about these little quirks that CJ does. It just makes her slightly different. Um, but I think like, like for, I think I'm experiencing this more with my son because he just turned 11. He's trying to shift into this awareness of himself. When they're little, they're like, I like this. I like that. They're just trying to, their greatest aim in life is to have fun. You know, right. her identity, she's so confident because her dad, she knows her daddy loves her. And oh she yeah. Knows her mom loves her. And like, she just, you know, I don't know. So I think when they're younger, it's, it isn't having, just giving them that security and that foundation of love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And discipline. Discipline is very important. Boundaries. There's boundaries in love, you know? Um, but it's interesting as my son has gotten older. Wow. We, he's had, we've had to help him like lead him through fighting through so much perfectionism and like self-hatred. Not like, not like, man, I just hate the way I look, but like if he messes up cause he's such a perfectionist, he can get really down and out and stuff, which is really destructive against his identity, his confidence, right. who he has a, is as a person. So something that we do do and implement when he gets an, oh, and, and it's largely demonic. I think the devil's really trying to just destroy identity at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And that can come from like even just perception of failure or perception of rejection, though none of it really happened. Like it's, it's, the devil's very smart, but anyways, but something that we've done is like, you know, cause there's only so much that our words can do for him. He has to start owning his identity. So something when he gets into a swirl, when he just like didn't do well in a football game or, or maybe he got caught up lying and we had to talk about like that. And he had to like right. ask for forgiveness and all that stuff. Like he can take it very hard. Like we do these things called affirmations where like, it, and it's very vulnerable because he stands in front of me, in front of me, CJ, and his little sister. And we're like, tell me you're great. You know, and he goes, I'm great. I'm mighty. You can see him fighting the lies and the accusation on his face. He doesn't believe it. And we're like, say it again. You got to fight this. And it'll take like 30 minutes. But by the end, he's laughing and he's joyful. He's like, I'm great. I'm mighty. So what we've done is like, we've taught him and walked with him through him confessing out of his own mouth who he is. Cause we'll we'll tell him all day. You're amazing. Like, like, like this is like failures unto growth. Like we we can tell him all day long and, but it doesn't, it builds a foundation, but it shifts once he speaks it out. And and, and you're, so all we can do is just stay in, stay in there and, let me tell you, I want to cry because I can see yeah. on his face how he doesn't believe it. And he's and he's crying, fighting through the lies mm. of feeling like a failure. 
but yeah. but I'm telling you, 30 minutes in, first yeah. time. The second time it happened, it only took 15 minutes. And he hasn't had to do it since, you know, for this I, little season that we're in. I, you know what is, this is kind of mind-blowing about what you literally just taught everyone, what you're doing. Christina, it's why, you know, making him speak the truth over himself when the lies want to cling to a moment in time. Okay. And that is exactly why, let me just take you guys back to the second that we opened Girl Club today and I will, it'll be there for a minute. I keep saying, I really want you to go uh, to the link in bio and get a copy of the free identity affirmations that I've prepared to give to you guys. Because when you speak the truth out of your mouth about your identity mm-hmm. and you affirm your identity, your God-given identity, you then you crucify the identity mm-hmm. that the world wants to give you, that Satan wants to give you. And the thing is that because we're human, we make mistakes. We're going to look, you know, he's going to have a bad game. He's going to have a game where he doesn't play so great. He's going to have a game where he's not feeling well. And so maybe he doesn't perform as well. Like that's human stuff, right? But the thing is that the enemy wants to jump in, in, into those human moments. And he wants to attach something in those human moments that you as a person in that moment of insecurity and lowness will grab onto and covenant with him over. Mm -hmm. I'm, Mm -hmm. I suck. I'm not good. I messed up. Everyone hates me. I didn't play a very good game. Life's mm-hmm. passing me by. I can't do it. I I can't. I can't. I won't. It will never happen. Like, whoa. Like right. just stopping him and making him counteract those lies with truth is all about instilling identity in him. Mm-hmm. And it's painful. The fight is painful. I think that was the biggest, yeah. like even teaching point to me and my husband as adults is like, it's like having kids, you get to see them walk out what you're walking out inside in like a more mature shell. But I mean, like seeing his face in turmoil mm. and like he would start off saying, I'm great. And and it just and seeing the progression, the, the fight over the lies in your mind. And and I think what you're you said, you have to say them out loud. That's very important for you to actually speak it out and testify it with your voice. Yeah. You could say it all day in front in your mind. And it's like, but there is a difference when you declare it out yeah. loud because you actually realize how much you, you realize, oh, I, I'm confronted with, I don't believe that because you can mm-hmm. feel it, you know what I mean? But you say it over yeah. and you're like, no, you fight that feeling of yeah. you're ugly. You're too old. Life, like you said, life has passed you by. You'll never yeah. make it. It's been 10 years. Where's God now? You know, like it yeah. really does take that like exercise of faith. To yeah. feel stupid and feel like this, ah, I'm speaking like because yeah. actually when you speak the truth and you're believing a lie, you feel like you're speaking lies. Is that totally twisted? Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's almost like the lies are easier to believe than the truth. What's right. up with that? I know. What is up with that? That's a what is up with that? Right? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I know. I don't know either because it's, I think it's a very, it's like a very human thing. It's a lot Mm -hmm. easier to believe a lie about ourselves than to believe the truth of God about who we are. Almost as if, you know, it's almost as if maybe we're so aware of how limited we are maybe. No, but even that's wrong because we're limitless. Mm -hmm. We're not limited. We're not Mm -hmm. limited by anything. I mean, look, the Bible says with Christ, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't say some things. It says all things. It doesn't Mm -hmm. say, well, I can only do this thing right now today. It doesn't say that. It says all things, you know? And I think, yeah, somehow along the way, what happens is we do not ever believe the truth about who we are. You know what I, you know what I just thought of though? I think it comes, we, we touched on this last week, but this comes down to what we are focusing on, what we're consuming. Like, oh, how did we put it? We we kind of put it in a, in different words when we talked about. It was one of the questions of uh, I can't remember. But my point of this is that you, you you go through your day constantly. We are bombarded with voices that that tell us otherwise, and it really does come down to like, man, am I starting like 
this is for me. Am I starting my day off like meditating on that? Like meditating on the word, mm-hmm. on what the word says about me, what the word says about the Lord, or am I, this is or what am I waking up and going straight to Instagram? That's what I'm doing. Like, no joke. This is my issue. And then I go through my day going, but I don't feel like I'm in shape enough. I don't feel like I'm successful enough. And it, and then I sit here going, we're talking girl. I'm like, why don't we believe the truth? Well, no crap. It's because I'm literally eating, consuming trash from the moment I wake up. And then I have my little one hour devotional with the Lord. I think that all of a sudden I'm going to fully believe what he says over the 22 hours of consuming trash. Exactly. And you see it played out when you realize it takes Josh, you know, an hour, a 30 minutes to counteract yeah. a bad moment, you know, of speaking right. the truth over himself. I mean, and, it, and look, and it's just, it's going to lead us right into the next comment where we are right now, because when you wake, when you wake up in the morning, what you put in to the fuel tank in your car is going to mm-hmm. carry you through the day. And That's if true. you, and if you're putting Instagram in, what are you putting in? You're putting in other people's fake, wonderful lives. So you can't be good enough. You can't be skinny enough. You can't be pretty enough. You can't be successful enough because everything about, especially Instagram is about creating these moments that look like they're more than they actually are. Right. They're actually moments. They're actually moments. Like I wish they would have called it moment gram. That's it. <laughs> Just so that at least even in that way, we would all know this is a moment. This is a snapshot of a person's mm-hmm. day. It's not the person's entire life because you have a picture of them eating, you know, at wherever, Elio's in New York or, you know, Il Molino or in Miami or wherever, whatever it may be. Those are not mm-hmm. real, you know? Um, Power of a Virtuous Woman writes a very interesting question. Do you ladies think that if we knew who we were in Christ, we wouldn't be so quick to covet what others have and who we think they are. Oh yeah, the answer, the answer to that question is absolutely one hundred yes, one hundred percent, yes, <laughs> a thousand percent, totally. Oh, I think that's crazy that we actually. Do you realize that we actually covet only an idea of somebody? We have no clue what their day to day looks like. Like even like we were kind of talking about like celebrities and what their lives and like success and and I'm like whoa we can look on the outside and be like, they're so successful. They're everybody loves them. They've done all these big movies, but it's like, we don't even know the ins and outs of what they had to do to get there. What's happening behind the scenes. How how do they feel on their, in their emotions when they lay their head at night? Like, you know, like go to bed at night. Like we don't see that. You're right. We, we are coveting and being jealous of something that is either a snapshot or maybe even like, a fake snapshot of somebody's life. And it, it, when you break it down like that, it really is ridiculous. It is co- completely ridiculous. And I got to tell you, I love the way this question is actually phrased because it's like, if we knew who we were in Christ, mm-hmm. right? In Christ. So what if we could yeah. see, what if we could see from Christ's perspective, our place and our in the kingdom of God? our Mm -hmm. impact in the kingdom of God. Like what if we could actually see ourselves spiritually as God is looking at all of us? I bet you, I really do. I bet you that there would be a lot of people that we look up to or put on pedestals who would look like really shriveled up, tiny, like smaller and more shrivelly than the last demon little, you know, wizard man (laughs) you could possibly find. Like- and then, and we would look like probably a lot more than we might give ourselves credit for on a lot of days. Yeah. Like, yeah, just because the fact that you've chosen to, you've chosen to believe the truth about your life, which is that you're a daughter of God's, you know, that Jesus Christ is your savior, that he is love mm-hmm. and that you are striving to live in love like him. Like I would, when I see you in spirit, I see something beautiful, you know, and why is it though? Why is it? I I mean, and I think the question is a great question. Why do we covet what others have? And I think the reason why we covet what others have or we, and we covet what we think they have 
and think they are because we don't even really have any knowledge about what they really are or really right. have, right? We're only looking at at, at their flex 90% of the time anyway, mm-hmm. right? Because they're putting on a good face too. So yeah, I, I think it's because we don't know who we are in Christ. And the second you know who you are in Christ, all that other stuff falls away. You don't covet right. anything. You begin to walk right. in total confidence. And right. you know, it's funny. I say a lot. I, I do. I say a lot, you know? I just don't care. I just don't care what they think. I just don't. And honestly, it's because I have struggled long and hard to arrive at a place of confidence in Christ, you know, Mm. in who I believe I am, you know, and, 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 and what's important because of Christ in my life and, and just to know God, like when you know God and you know, what's important to God Trust me, a lot of what we look at in the world that we think is important with other people or what they're doing or where we go or how we go there, it becomes very unimportant. Oh, for real, for real. And actually, I'm I'm just thinking like on top of that, like I I just want to run. I just want to throw this at you, Cynthia, and you tell me what you think. Do you think that when someone is actually walking their true identity in Christ, they will actually elicit from other people empowerment and a desire to be who they are instead of jealousy? Yes. Or do you think it's actually more based on the people who are watching how they respond? You know what I mean? Because I'm almost like, man, if if we were to be walking in the full identity of who we are in Christ, hopefully our lives and our joy and what we sh- you know, decide to share or not share on social media would hopefully not make anyone jealous, but would actually pull them into like, if they can do it, I can do it. Or if, if, what do they have that like, maybe I can have, you know what I'm saying? Cause you've noticed how like, there's, there's a very different response when you are following certain people who are like living the dream and this and that. And I don't know. I'm just curious if there's a difference in impact. I think so. I think a thousand percent there's a difference. I think that, you know, when someone is really confident in their themselves because they're confident in God in them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and also look in that confidence also becomes the ability to be uh, humble, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, you know, to me, humility is a part of confidence. Like, I know I'm not mm-hmm. perfect. You know, if you know you're not perfect and if you're humble about the things that you have, because you know that it's only by the grace of God that you have them anyway, then all of your confidence is really rooted in godly principles. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like our money is not our own. It belongs to the Lord. Our, you know, our looks. I mean, who, who, who really was born and could determine what they look like? No, if you're attractive, you should thank God for that. You know, if you're, (laughs) I mean, whatever it is that you are, you should thank God that you are that because he made you that way, you know? And so I think that those people do inspire other people because we're getting inspired by them because they're not flexing in some arrogant, prideful way like it's all about them. Like their life mm-hmm. is all about them and all about the work that they did to get there and all about the money they have and without any acknowledgement of the fact that all things come from God. Mm-hmm. All things, all things are created by him. You know, all mm-hmm. opportunity, I believe, comes from him in my life. All open doors come from him. I believe that all closed doors are from him. Yeah. Man's rejection is God's protection. I mean, I've learned yeah. that many times. Right. And so I think when you are a person who's confident in Christ, then you draw out that confidence from other people because you're not threatened by other people. You know, you're mm-hmm. not and you're you're not looking to tear other people down. Why yeah. would you tear someone else down if you're confident in who you are? And if you love other people, you know, I know that part of who I'm supposed to be is a person who loves others, because guess what? That's what my God demands of me that mm-hmm. I would love my neighbor as I love myself. So if I can be loving to others as I should be, I mean, it's probably because I'm confident that that's what God wants me to be, you know? Yeah. Love yeah. and forgiveness, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I will say like whenever I'm around you and like 
some like there's certain people that I get around and I I've told so many people so many of my like my peers this I'm like whenever I'm around Cynthia and Roger I just feel like I don't have to explain myself I feel empowered to be myself and it's like it's easy to be who I am and I'm like I want to be like that with those around me you know where it's just like all of a sudden where you can like step into someone's presence and you can feel like oh I don't need to be like you though it would be awesome to like learn from you and grow for you but like I just think it's cool that you can create that like atmosphere and environment of growth and alignment. And that just shows that there is power when someone is got a grasp of their identity. There's something like, I would love to see in the spirit what that looks like. Like Cynthia's probably walking around with this huge, like force field, like this aura of like light that anyone like walks into just zoop. Living their like best selves. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know about I, I don't know it. about that, but thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it's interesting. It's well, it is interesting. I I am I have been around people that they were negative. You know, they were and I not negative in a way of okay, let me caution you or let me teach you something, um, but negative in the sense of they didn't want the best for me. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to see me win. They didn't. They didn't even see in me that I could win. They didn't see the best in me. They didn't even care what my thoughts or ideas were about. And when you are around those people, you it's it's really a yucky experience. And so, I, I mean, I really have believed from day one, like be around people that want you to win. You know, mm-hmm. not, look, not yes men, because people who want you to win are not yes men. People who want you to win are going to say, you know what? I don't know that you should do it that way. I think you should do this. I think you should think about that. I think you should think about this. Like they're going to give you feedback and they're going to they're going to give you criticism that comes from love. Like my grandmother used to always say, you do not get to criticize someone if you don't have a heart to help them. Mm, like period. You don't. Like because if not, you're just criticizing and tearing someone down and who are you anyway? Like who yeah. is any of us? You know, so yeah, I, 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 this isn't, this is really, you know, it's really interesting because, um, hmm, I'm looking at a comment coming in here. I'm thinking of the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis. This is one of my favorites. And this present darkness by Frank Peretti, two of my favorite books in the world. That one's intense. (laughs) Yeah. Two of my favorite books ever to understand how the spiritual realm is working yeah, I think mm-hmm. if we saw how the spirit realm is working, we'd all probably be really humbled to like shut up and stop guessing at God. <laughs> right. And and also like, I, I don't know, have you, Cynthia, have you ever read um, Rick Joyner's, what is called The Final Quest? I don't know if you've heard, heard no, of it. No, I've heard of it, that. but I have, I've heard of it. I it's haven't read it. so good. Basically, Rick Joyner got this huge, like couple week long, I don't know, vision of just the spirit realm and like, like the mountain of the Lord and what was happening on each, each level of this mountain. So basically he's, he's at the lower level and there's this huge war, you know, and it's actually Christians against Christians. And, and as he, as he ascends this, this mountain, he encounters different attributes of God until he finally sends to the top and then goes into the throne room and all this stuff. But it's basically like, it, it gives like this really beautiful look into what, what is happening in the spirit realm in our daily Christian walk. And something that was, that's always eye opening to me is that when he just starts off the book and he talks about this war that's happening on, on ground zero, and it's basically Christians attacking Christians Mm. in the name of self-righteousness or um, false humility, condemnation. And it's like, every time I read that, I go, Oh my gosh, am I taking part in that by tearing someone down? like my own brother or sister in Christ. You know what I mean? It's funny that it wasn't, he doesn't even speak to um, unbelievers, but the whole thing is about the Christian walk and people Mm -hmm. are in the Christian walk. And that's, it kind of makes me think of that comment about understanding the spiritual realm. I think like, even if I was able to see, like, even in my own judgment, my own criticism, even if it's maybe rightly felt how I walk that out sometimes, how I may be actually stabbing someone and watching them bleed out in the spirit instead of 
wow. praying for them or like coming to them in love. And um, so I think you like I, there was a period of time in my life where I was like, God, I want to see in the spirit because I, I know that if I could see, it would just give me so much clarity into and, and also wisdom into how I respond in yeah. all these different situations that we all experience, you know, especially yeah. in like, oh, man, when someone hurts you or wounds you and it always they're always in, within the church family, you know, it's like, yeah. but let me yeah. see what's really going on, because I'm pretty sure it's not this guy sitting in front of me that I really want to tear down in real life. Like there's something going on outside of, of what I can see. Of, I mean, look, totally. It's Ephesians, you know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right. but against powers and principalities and spiritual forces from the heavenly realm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we're supposed to put on our, the armor of God, you know, we're supposed yeah. to, uh, yeah, there we go. Anna, Anna's uh, for those of you watching us on live stream, um, Anna is actually giving you Ephesians six twelve, and, and you know that I love, look, you go on, through there and you learn about the armor of God, how you put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Um, you know, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the tricks of the devil. Right. It's, it's you know, it's, but it's pretty powerful, you know, because our fight isn't against people. And when you say, you know, you wonder if how you the way that you reply to something, is it causing someone to bleed out in the spirit? That is so powerful because I think a lot of what we say and do is use, look, we don't know what other people's brokenness is, right? Mm. But we, we can feel when someone has said something that pushes into our brokenness. And so I think, right. So I think what we have to do is be aware of our feelings because our feelings are not necessarily real. You know, we've got to take our feelings to God, to the word of God. And we have to remember that we're not fighting against each other, but that the enemy is using all of us as best. He will use as, as, as much as God will want to use us. So does Satan to hurt each other, to condemn each other, to judge each other, you know, to, to hurt ourselves, to condemn ourselves. You know, it's, it's, it's what he does. He deceives us, yeah. you know, he deceives us. It's, yeah. it's been, it's been his game since day one. How can I deceive God's children into being less than they're supposed to be and into living a life that is not threatening to me and my plans? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it actually, I'm sitting here like, it pains me that I've given into that. You know what I mean? That I've totally in my anger and my pain and like, you know, you hurt me Well, I'm going to hurt you. I've just played right into that. And like, yeah. I'm sitting here going, oh, I've definitely toured other people's identity down because of yeah. a weakness or them acting out their own brokenness and not seeing beyond what my physical eyes can see. And I am so guilty of that. Like yeah. probably a lot of the day when I'm on the road or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it, it really, it really kind of takes I think a lot of time when we talk about identity, it's easy to go, but what's my identity? But what's my, me, me, me. And it's like, gosh, like it would be, it would really help me to love people. If I, if I could see your identity and your identity, my neighbor's identity, my, right. my enemy's identity, but who did you create them to be? And right. how can I pray into that? And like, love them from that place. Not like I love you, but you're a horrible person. And like, you've done unforgivable things, but we have all been created with an identity that we're not walking in yet or not in the fullness. And I want to help build people up though. That is like not my first response, you know, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think as, as Christians, you know, if we're real, I don't think it's the majority of Christians first response. I mean, I don't expect it to be a non-believers first response. I, you know, so uh, I expect it to be our first response, but it's not, you know, and I, and why mm -hmm. I think it's because broken people break other people. And I think that there is mm -hmm. a bottom line self examination that has to happen with each of us. Yeah. If you call yourself a Christian, especially you've got to, Ask God to show you the ugly stuff in the corners and cracks of the house, 
the stuff that's mm. hiding in the in the corner of the kitchen, you know. Um, and you've got to be willing to look at yourself and confront your own brokenness and your own mistakes. And you know, the things that you know are not right, you know. And 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 there is this openness. I mean, look, when I pray, God show me what I'm doing wrong. And he starts to reveal, you know, it's like, okay, you know, whoa. But I think if we would each take more responsibility to be accountable to God for our own identity in terms of how we're supposed to be versus how we actually are, then everyone around us will benefit. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone will benefit. You know, it benefits yeah. everyone I love for me to go, you know what, Cynthia, um, sometimes you could just ask a question instead of tell a person what the answer is, you know, or yeah, whatever, whatever it is, right? Isn't this crazy? I, I just, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to a conversation and this is so like, I just got to like say, this is not elementary faith 101. This is like. Okay, I've stopped cussing people out at the supermarket. Okay, I've stopped, you know, you know, yeah. doing drugs. I've stopped what and that but what we're talking about is like in-depth like heart surgery. Like totally. Like like I think of like Song of Solomon, like at least the way that I've learned it when you know, um she's like catch the little foxes that spoil the garden. Have you seen foxes? Like they're really sneaky, they're mischievous, they're really really like hard to catch. And like, it's like, if you even see one, it's like, well, how did I see yeah. one? They're usually just lurking around in the shadows. And like, we're talking about those things that I'm, I feel like you may think like, oh, this is like such a small thing. Just like respond better or like, but they're so hard. And this is like next level, like yeah. walk yeah. with Jesus. It's like, I, I, I'm just, I think it's yeah. cool. The, the progression it- and like, and we're talking about cycles and seasons of growth. This is part of the cycle of growth within your walk within the Lord, like where he starts going after that little thing that you're like, but is it really that bad? But like, I don't know. I'm just sitting here. Kind of I, I, listen, listen, I think the little, <laughs> I think the little things can keep you out of heaven. I mean, to be honest with yeah. you, because you're, you you nailed it. It's like, sure. We get saved and we now we're delivered of drugs or, you know, cursing or whatever the big thing was, you know what I mean? We get saved. But the rest of the, like really walking with Christ now, journeying with Christ so that you are a powerful person when you mm-hmm. walk into any room is now about, you're right, heart surgery. It's about mental surgery. It's about surgery on the psychology of how you think, who you are, what you come from, how the people who raised you, raised you and treated you, what they used to speak over you, like it is complete and total. Now lay it bare on an operating table and get rid of everything that should have never been there so that God can only put back together what he wants there. That's crazy because yeah. that is powerful. It's crazy. Yeah. It's but that's super power. crazy. Right. And then, and, and it even makes me think of like God's absolute commitment to each and every one of us. The guy down the street who was living underneath the overpass because he who knows what his story was like from that person to the baby who survived an abortion i don't know like he is so committed to take us each and every single person through these steps of i mean i think that people get like saved later in life and they have like 60 years to unpack you know what i mean right 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 well i was also thinking about how like trip this like I was reacting to some people in my life really hurt from a place of hurt because of how I feel that they've not been the same kind of friends that we've been. But then when I put myself in their shoes, it was like, well, maybe because they haven't achieved this thing they wanted to achieve, they haven't been as close to be friends with us because they feel ashamed or embarrassed in some way. And will shame and embarrassment cause you, like if you've got shame and embarrassment working on you in your identity, will that cause you to pull away 
from the people that even love you or that want to be close to you or help you or who believe in you? Absolutely. 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 But, you know, I've been, I've been listening to this podcast. Um, they've been talking about just like, kind of like the origination of sin going through like Adam and Eve and all this stuff. And, um, and they were just kind of talking about how like the devil outright, the reason why he was jealous of humanity was because God gave us the, for one, we we're made in God's image. And two, we had the ability to become like God in a sense, you know, you know, as we grow in love, mm. as we mature, all that we are being formed into his image and he wasn't given, he wasn't given that opportunity. Like he's, well, you're this beautiful angel and you're wonderful. And you have all this power, but like, you can never become like God. And like for us as these little weak, weaklings made out of dust, like that is the trajectory of the Christian life is like yeah. theosis becoming like God you know, so like, and that is why, like from the beginning, he's, he's been trying, he's, he's, we've come under this on, onslaught against our identity because that is our identity to become mm. like God, right. you know, he, we're his children. We're made in his image. We are literally at, at, at this point because Christ died for us, his blood has been transfused into our bodies and we literally are blood brothers to Jesus, brothers and sisters to Jesus. So I mean, it really does make sense. The more I like think through this, I'm like, it makes so much sense as to why the number one war against us is our identity. You steal who we are. You steal like our purpose and like who God called us to be. And you, you've literally won. I I think, what if I was successful as like, you know, this wonderful, like shuffle dancer who made millions of dollars dancing and performing and teaching people. It doesn't matter. I would have utterly failed at who I am because that's not who I am. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. like crazy. It doesn't matter if we're successful or not. It doesn't just look like drugs and alcohol and laying out naked on the side of the street. It can look like success. Yep. Having your identity stolen. That's yep. crazy to me. Yeah. No, it's true. And and that is the identity theft. And there's a great example, man, I'll, I'll, we'll share, we'll talk about it when we get together again, but um, identity theft in computer coding is a really big deal. You know, you think about identity theft in terms of someone stealing your, your credit cards, right? Your identity, they're using your name, your image and your likeness to do stuff that's not you to buy things that you don't buy, to lie to people in ways you don't lie to people. I mean, identity theft is a massive thing. And you're right. It is the only way that I believe the enemy can get any of us uh, to basically take ourselves out of the game of our own life, Mm -hmm. you know, out of the victory that has been claimed for us. You know, Jesus Christ died on a cross for us. That is such love. You know, that is such love. The most that Satan wants to do for us is get us to kill ourselves. Like it's that that's hatred, hatred, you know? So, you know, I don't know. I think as we wrap up this week, I mean, oh, maybe let's just wrap up in prayer, you know, uh, because what my, my hope is that we all really, really go deeper into not just understanding what our identity is in Christ, but really and truly walking in it and embracing it. Like right now, today, it's not too, it's not too late to say, I'm going to change the words that I speak over my life every day, you know? And if you have to stand in a mirror and say to the mirror 50 times, I am great. I am mighty. I am great. I am mighty. You know, all things are possible with, through Christ, Uh, like all these identity affirmations that tell you who you are and whose you are and to whom you belong to. You need to start to speak them over your life to combat the lies that have grown in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit. You know? So. Pray for us, Cynthia. You got the anointing. (laughs) All right, mama. All right, let's go. Well, Lord, first of all, thank you for Girl Club. Thank you for another week to just kind of talk about some real issues and, 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 and to be real about the things that we feel and the things that we go through. And Lord, we know that there's nothing more real than your word. And so I ask, Father, that you help us to love your word, embrace your word, not just read your word, but live your word. 
Lord. I ask that you would affirm our identity as written and created by you repeatedly. I ask that you would help us to start to speak identity scriptures over our life so that we can be affirmed every day that we are more than conquerors, that we are the first and not the last, that we can do all things because you love us and you're with us and you strengthen us. Lord, I pray this week that each of us would become more confident in who we are in you and in turn become more confident in who we are as us, Lord. Help us to walk with our heads higher. Help us to love with stronger hearts, clearer hearts. Help us to think, Lord, with clearer minds and help us to speak better words, not just over ourselves, but over others, over those around us even over our enemies, Lord. Help us to be able to just not speak a word if we don't have a good word to say, but to be able to pray, Lord, even for our enemies, to just be able to pray, Lord. Father, I ask that you would increase our identity so much that we would never question who we are, that we would never want or yearn for anything outside of the self-sufficient efficiency that you give us in being completely one with you. And I ask, Father, that you help us to not walk and live another day questioning our identities as sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, you are God, Lord. Thank you that you sent your son, that you came to earth as your son, that you manifest as a triune Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for all that is you and all that lives in us. Increase, Lord, I pray, increase. We want more of you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Mama, my yes. little sister. <laughs> Have a good rest of your day. Yes, homeschooling. Yeah. <laughs> homeschooling. Good, good. Go, go teach those kids identity. And, uh, for all of you watching, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for being a part of girl club. Don't forget to like subscribe and share us, invite two friends, help us grow. And, um, if you feel so compelled, um, check out the buy me a coffee link in our, um, bio, right? Link in description and, um, buy us coffee and support the work that we're doing. We love you guys. And we'll see you next week. Peace out. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter and two men leave because... That's how it works. <laughs> Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.